Meters Game Podcast presents a special interview. Well, welcome, Jared Grant, to our listeners. I'm here with fellow host Samson Barron from the Meters Game Podcast. Jared, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, no worries, lad. Um, obviously, your, uh, your, your A-listers uh, weren't, weren't keen to get on this week, so here I am. <laughs> Not true at all. You're uh, top of our list, actually. <laughs> We've heard some good stories about you. <laughs> yeah. We um, actually caught up with uh, Sam Reid the other day from the GWS variety, and um, he said you used to live together when you were at the Bulldogs together. Um, do you recall living with Sam and how was he as a teammate and a housemate? Yeah, we, uh, well, Sam was, uh, my, my first teammate, I guess I lived with. Um, when I arrived at the doggies, I did a, a year's, um, basically you get billeted out to a, a host family. I did a year doing that. And then, um, yeah, myself, Sam Reed, um, yeah, we lived together for, I think, probably three or four years, um, in and around Williamstown and Newport and, um, yeah, we had some some good times together, I guess you could say. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's he did mention that at at one point you brought home a few cats. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got a couple of cats, which is a bit different. Um, <laughs> no, uh, look, I've always lived in townhouses and, and small, you know, nothing with a large yard. So always keen to have a, a animal at home, and um, unfortunately couldn't get a dog, so I've ended up with a couple of cats. Do you have any more? Have you grown your cat family today, or is it still at two? No, just a crazy cat man with two. Um, <laughs> trouble and titch, trouble and titch are their names. Look, all the the boys at the footy club, uh, whatever club I was at, always used to hang shit on me for that. But um, you know, life goes on. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I'm trying to be fond of cats, but I'm, unfortunately, I'm highly allergic to them and. We've been shooting a few podcast sessions at my mate's house who's got a cat and I can't breathe for the week after we do the recording. So. Oh, luckily, mate, if you throw them, they land on, on, on their feet. So, um, yeah, look, do what you got to do. <laughs> yes, and so we throw Cher on the, we throw him just down the stairs. He lands on his feet as well. Um, anyway, moving on to your playing days, uh, Jazz. What, what feels been the best sledge you've ever received from someone on the field? Best sledge? Yeah. Um, oh, geez, to be honest, oh, there's always a fair bit flying around. Um, you know, my days in the doggies, um, we were quite successful. Um, you know, I was around when the team made three prelims in a row. So, I mean, we were always throwing out a fair bit. Um, but, oh, look, John O'Brien told me one day that oh, I'd never really lived up to my potential. And, you know, <laughs> The fact that you actually remember the sledge, I think, you know, credits that it actually, um, you know, dug in a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, look, mate, it's all fun and games on the field and, and most players don't, you know, take much to heart. And um, once you uh, exit the playing field, um, look, there's no uh, harsh thoughts um, towards anyone or not in not in my regard anyway. Yeah. And um, moving on to some of the coaches you've had, I think you were under the rule of Rocketade, McCartney and Bevo. Um, we've heard from Daniel Gorringe that Rocketade is just, by his nickname, gives out an absolute rocket. Were you on the receiving end of any such rockets from uh, Rocketade or any of your other coaches? Yeah, look, not me in person. I mean, I actually had a really good relationship with Rocket and um, he really, he's quite similar to myself and he, he loves a little bit of banter and 
Um, look, he's got his nickname for a reason. Um, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Look, Brian Lake was probably the one that was on the end of most. Um, obviously, Will Minson's um, infamous uh, recordings come out of recent times. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, look, I personally wasn't on the end of any, but, look, I, I've heard him go off a fair few times. But, look, the good thing about Rocket was that he would give you a spray, but, you know, five minutes later, um, he'd be on to the next play, whether it was in the game or, you know, if it was in a team review, he'd come out of the review and he was always joking with everyone straight away. And it, it was really, I guess, his way of um, you can, communicating and showing his frustration to, agree, to, to a degree, but... Yeah, so I always liked it because it, it showed his passion and his and his interest of you know how we were going. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess it's kind of hard to, to judge sometimes between the emotion and passion until when someone's genuinely angry at you. So I guess uh, that's for everyone else to decide. <laughs> yeah, look, he, uh, look, he, you viewers would see him. Um, going nuts in the box and as more cameras got put into the uh, telecast you'd see more and more of it but uh, <laughs> yeah. Rocket, Rocket and as most people would be you know hearing um, through media and whatnot now is um, you know a pretty light-hearted guy and um, he's got a really really good footy brain and uh, he's mm. doing some good things in the media now. Yeah no, that's true I do enjoy listening to him. Um, so we did so for each of our uh, interviewees that come on to the podcast we do a little bit of um a history check whatever we can find on the the realms of the internet i found a couple of interesting uh well we don't know if they're real but stories about yourself so we haven't really heard too much about abnormal injuries keeping guys out of games well in your case a uh a nab cup game can you um reveal to our listeners what happened to you prior to a nab cup game back in 2008 against the bombers yeah look um look oh. We may as well spill the beans here on the <laughs> podcast with an exclusive. But um, yeah, basically, basically in the in the NAB Cup, in I think it was my first or second year. I can't recall to be honest. But yeah. Um, yeah. look, we were on a, a a trip to. We I think our first NAB Cup game was in Darwin. I, I wasn't playing, and um, look, a couple of uh, the first year players. Um, Headed into the casino and probably got home a little bit later than we should have. Um, and we actually incurred a bit of a, a weekly punishment for the week uh, coming up. So um, basically it was a 6 a.m. recovery session every morning of the week. And <laughs> come around the Friday, um, we're doing our recovery session at Port Melbourne. Um, there was a leader there every day and it was Daniel Jan Syracuse who was there that morning. Um, basically we finished and we were, you know, strolling in in the dark. Uh, it was dark then, and um, basically, you know, I just felt like something had, had nipped me in the foot. I thought it was a crab. And, um, anyway, I've, I've, run, I've run into the, the beach screaming like a little girl, and, you know, all the boys are laughing, and Jay has already left and, you know, warming his car and getting out of there as he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, anyway, a bit more investigation. We, we noticed there was a bit of a puncture in my uh, foot, um, and, you know, we, I started probably to feel a bit woozy, to be honest, and um, we kind of figured out that it was probably a stingray that it, uh, I trotted on and, it, you know, shot its barb into me. So oh, ended up, you know, I ended up in um, in hospital with a heap of morphine in me. And, yeah. Um, the, the cure is actually hot water. So if anyone ever trods on a stingray, um, <laughs> the cure is hot water. So I, thought it, I thought it was uh, something to piss on you. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's a jellyfish. Oh, it's a jellyfish. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, none of the boys were hydrated enough, so, so uh, you, you were unavailable. You were two years after Steve Irwin died, so you must have been a bit of panic when you heard you were stung by a stingray, but you lucky to survive almost. Yeah, look, uh, look uh, we, we can't, you know, make fun and games about someone's death, but I was made aware of it after the occasion. Um, <laughs> but the, the funny thing was that, um, you know, I'd ended up in hospital and um, all the boys were a little bit concerned and... Um, as G had just driven off and, and didn't really care about what was going on, um, he was on his way to Witten Oval for training later that morning when they announced over the radio that a uh, young Western Bulldogs player had been um, stung by a stingray, which is all, um, you know, was a bit foreign to his knowledge, but, um, you know, he, he got around me after that. Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Um, the footy world uh, knows about some of your massive... Uh, Massively famous nicknames such as Microphone and Spindle Shanks. Can you take us through how you got these nicknames and if you have any others that you could share with us? Oh, I've had plenty. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not, not sure how long the pod goes for the fellas, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just stick with those two. But I'm, I'm pretty sure both of them have come from the Triple M family, um, mainly James Brayshaw. Um, <laughs> Will Minton actually talked me through what a spindle shank was, and apparently uh, within a tractor there's a small part called a spindle, and it's a really small shank as such, um, <laughs> which is really, really interesting conversation to hear from Will. Uh, you know, I was quite, <laughs> quite riveted to hear that one. But, um, yeah, look, uh, and I was actually listening to JB and Billy the other day on the way home, and um, you know they were talking about... Nicknames and basically if someone doesn't like their nickname, then it's going to stick with you forever. And I think my initial reaction was that I was like, oh, do you have to call me that? And uh, basically, basically ever since then it's stuck. So, look, I, I don't, I, as I've got older, I look, I don't really care what anyone calls me. Um, look, it's great to have a cult following and um, look, good to put people, give people a smile and a laugh at um, some of the banter that comes with it. Very good. Um, and um, yeah, going about your nicknames, like, you know, the microphone has been with thanks about your body shape. Um, I think it was pretty well documented that you just struggled to put on muscle bulk throughout your career. Um, is that, how, did, how does that play a part? And did that sort of, sort of pus, uh, frustrate you throughout your career, knowing that, you know, the importance of being a young P forward is all it's all about in your first four or five years just bulking up to become like a John O'Padden type player. How did that sort of play out? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, I've managed to put on a, a total mass of three kilos in the last two and a half years. Um, <laughs> Beers. I've been without going to the gym once and, um, you know, indulging in a lot of takeaway food. So, um, look, if it's never going to, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but um, look, at the, at the start of my career, look, the, the, thought process was that I was going to be a key forward. Um, you know, three to four to five years into my career, the, the weight just really wasn't going on. And um, I forward flanker and, and pocket type. So, um, yeah, the coaches, you know, got their head around that and, and were understanding of, I guess, where I was at and what, what kind of player I was going to be. And Mm. Um, yeah, probably played more as a, a wingman towards the latter time at, my, at the Dogs and um, as, as a forward at, at Gold Coast for the last two years. Oh, very good. 
Um, yeah, it's, so obviously you left the Dogs at the end of 2015 and they went on to win the Premiership in the next year. How did that sort of impact you? Um, as, did you sort of feel a bit of resentment or were you sort of generally happy and did you sort of, were you sort of included in that celebration to some extent given you were part of the furniture for a good part of your career prior to that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, look, it's a, it's a bit of both worlds. Um, it was a tough pill to swallow, you know, to, to say you've been there for eight years, um, you know, put in a lot of effort and time, uh, not only towards the footy club, but, you, you know, your own career. And um, for them to go on and, and win a premiership, which is, you know, the ultimate glory for, for any player at any level, um, mm. you know, it was, it was hard to watch to a degree, but at the same time, I was so proud and pumped for all, you know, my teammates that have been there for a significant amount of time with. And, um, look, I didn't get involved in the celebrations or anything like that. It, it wasn't, you know, my time. Um, but, uh, you know, I sent out plenty of text messages and, and congratulations to the guys that uh, managed to be involved that day. And, um, look, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a pill to swallow, but at the end of the day, um, you know, the sun comes up tomorrow and, there's plenty of people who are far worse off in life than, you know, me missing out on a, an AFL premiership. So that's the way I, I look at it. And it's unfortunate, but that's just how life has taken its turn for me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. So chatting a little further about your teammates that you had, we've got the uh, the 2010 Doggies list up in front of me, and there are some pretty incredible names that you played with over the journey, as well as characters. So do you have any, I guess, interesting stories about the likes of Akka, of uh, Big Will, uh, Minson, Bazza Hall, even Brad Johnson, and, you know, Sean Higgins has gone on to do, you know, pretty much the best of his footy out at, at North. Have you got any uh, comical sort of scenarios with your, your teammates that you can share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, oh, Akka was a, a character in himself. Um, he used to he used to basically send out a joke of the day. Um, there was a text message, and basically you almost got cut off that list if you know within three days you hadn't responded to him to say that was a good one or you know that was a good joke. Um, <laughs> that was an interesting you know first uh, first experience to come into with Akka. Um, yeah. Brad, Brad Johnson is the ultimate. Um, teammate, captain, professional, and to, to come into a footy club and um, him be my leader and, and to learn not only of him, but the likes of Robert Murphy, Daniel Gian, Syracuse, uh, um, you know, Mitch Hahn, um, yeah. Ben Hutton was there when I was there. Look, those guys um, not only shaped my footy career, but probably the way I, I hold myself as an individual. And, um, you know, not many of them would would know that. Um, you know, Daniel Cross, Matthew Boyd, those two the absolute uttermost professionals and um, just the way I guess I carry myself in life and in general I, like I, I do and I am thankful to the guys at the footy club that I, I started off with so um, just wanted to say that but yeah Baz, Baz Hall was a, a good one, did some gym sessions with him, was throwing around probably about one third of what he was but you know, that was always fun to... Um, he was a Barry for me was the the way I like to go about my business. As training was on or gym was on, you'd be focused and, and do what you needed to do. But you know, in the spare time and leisure time, um, one of the boys always creating a bit of fun, and you know that's what you need in a footy club. You need to be um, positive and have fun, and it normally brings out the best in most guys. Yeah. 
Um, and we uh, we see that you've been um, absolutely ripping it up for the Franks and Bombers recently. Has the recent addition of the, pre- the mid-season draft, has it ever crossed your mind to maybe get a late call-up again? Oh, not to be honest. Um, I think I put out a Twitter about potentially, uh, you know, reinstating, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately Rocket wasn't coaching anyone, so my chances were pretty slim to none. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, um, you know, when I finished at, at the Gold Coast, I, I thought I had a little bit to offer, but, um, look, that was the time for me. And um, the, the best thing about coming back to not only my local club, but local footy is um, I'm on my way to training now and um, I'll probably run about one and a half Ks for the session and we'll go in and have a chicken parma and a few beers <laughs> and, play, and play a bit of Chasey Ace. So, um you know, gamble responsibly, but uh, the, the lot of and the you know the leisure side of things that you know come with playing at a local footy club, um, you do miss out on playing at the professional level, and, and yeah. I understand that's a choice you make, and and 100% agree with the professional standards of that. But um, it's good to be able to come back and experience some um, some local footy as well. Uh, just on yeah. the way in, yeah. in at the moment to a uh, a junior clinic. Um, for our uh, affiliate junior clubs. Uh, oh, very nice. Uh, be kicking a few torps into the hands uh, of the kids in a minute. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, obviously your your time at Gold Coast compared to your time at the Doggies, how was it at the Gold Coast? Like, how do you compare the experience of playing for, you know, a pretty big side in Victoria to going to a side that's sort of in development mode in the Gold Coast? Facilities might not be as good, not a real membership base. How did that sort of... How, did it, how does it feel playing for those two different sides? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a very big eye-opener um, coming from Melbourne to a, a state basically where I guess you would consider rugby as the uh, as the number one sport. Yeah. Um, I, I went up there and, and, and met with Rocket and Scotty Clayton and um, a few of the players were there in the pre-season and doing a bit of gym work. Um, the gym was uh, basically a, a big farm shed. Um, in the middle of the sun, it was probably about 40 degrees in there. And I mean, that for an first experience from coming from a, a Melbourne club was just a bit of a rude awakening as to the ability yeah. they had up there. Um, obviously, since then, they've, you know, got their, they've got state of the art facilities now. And since the Com Games have been there, you know, everything up there is fantastic. Um, but it, it, I think it's going to take some time before. Not only grassroots footy, but um, footy in general is uh, is you know one of their main sports because look you look at it and a lot of players go back to to Perth or to, to South Australia or Melbourne. Um, you don't see a lot of players going back to Brisbane or the Gold Coast because yeah. footy hasn't been a dominant sport there and um, there just isn't as much talent. So. Look, it's a work in progress, but look, I don't think the AFL will be giving up on it any time soon because they've put so much money into it. So they're having a crack this year, and I really like the way they're just staying in games. Um, mm. look, they haven't won a game for a while, but, you know, versus, I guess, the last two years prior to this one, um, they're definitely yeah. on the right path and staying within games a lot longer. Yeah, we had, we had Tuke Miller on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he's the Ripper bloke, and he seems to be like one of the front runners in changing our culture and sort of trying to drive high standards. Uh, just a quick one, like, so what, what are you up to post-football and how's your life going, ex-AFL career? 
Yeah, look, it's um, it's a, it's always an interesting one. And look, you, you see a lot of players that um, are struggling and, and really troubled leaving, you know, the AFL system and, and where they head to. Yeah. Um, look, I went, I went into real estate straight away, and I'm looking you know, for a house. You got got in on the market? <laughs> yeah, well, I actually resigned. I resigned. <laughs> <laughs> I resigned a couple of months ago, and yeah, uh, I'm doing a bit of labour work at the moment, which you know I never thought I'd get my hands dirty, but um, I'm enjoying that. And yeah, uh, look, knocking off at three thirty in the Arvo works nicely for me, that I can have a bit of self time in the Arvo. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Look, I've I'm uh, I've got my I guess you would say um, finger in the pie in a couple of different areas um, to do with sport and racing. Um, oh, and, I'm open, yeah. and, and I'm open opportunities um, that are elsewhere with that as well. So um, there's a little bit going on, um, just uh, dabbling a little bit of everywhere at the moment. But uh, life's good, can't complain. We've got the buy next week, so I'm heading up to the Goldie, and I'll catch a bit of Richmond Gold Coast as well. There you go. Well, look, Jared, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Um, you seem like an absolute ripper bloke and can only wish you the best for the rest of your multiple careers, what it sounds like. Who knows where you're going to end up? Um, but yeah, appreciate you coming on and, um, we'll definitely keep in touch soon with the podcast. Lads, no dramas. Um, Thanks, Jared. Good luck with the rest of the year. And um, look, I don't know whether there'll be 30 people who listen to this or, or 3 million, but uh, good luck to you and thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Jared. Jared. You're a legend. Cheers, guys.